Hello, it's me, Chris. And here's I'm. <laughs> and here's Pip. Pip, I'm. <laughs> Hello, I'm. <laughs> and we're here to add the the, the, the word "heim" to words we say for maybe half an hour. You haven't done it to any of them. No. Heim. There's a royal we, but for you. <laughs> Are you my royal legal counsel now? I guess so. <laughs> Among other things. Anyway. Anyway. Did you want to redo that intro or do you feel no, like it reflects the... <laughs> It's too late now. I'm just going to hug this blanket closer to myself and, and settle in for night as we talk about a game that we've been getting quite a lot out of in the last few months of lockdown. Mm. It's been a while since you and I have sat down to discuss a game that we've both been playing. Yes. The last mm. time was Animal Crossing mm. again. Yeah, exactly. Animal mm. Crossing again. Um, but over the last couple of months, um, we've both, I think, had a kind of uh, a long and evolving relationship with Valheim, as a lot of people have. Obviously, it's been an extremely successful game. Many people have played. But I haven't returned to talking about it since my early first kind of log, bu- log cabin building forays into it, as described on the main CNC pod. And we've not had your take on it at all, Pip. So no. we thought we would take a little bit of time to record a one-off pod special about our adventures in Valheim, or more specifically, Pip's adventures in Valheim and my adventures in retrieving Pip's things from whatever <laughs> bog she's died in. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise that we would be going there that early. <laughs> um, I didn't realise you'd keep going back there and need your stuff retrieving. It was a different bog, and I feel like that makes it a completely separate incident. <laughs> in fact, this one could hardly be called a bog. It was more of an ocean-standing tree. Exactly. Well, if it wasn't a bog, why were there so many Draugr? These kinds of uh, litigating these kinds of issues and more in this discussion of Valheim, which will um, involve, I guess, spoilers for Valheim content. It's not, you know, I know that a lot of people um, want that sense of discovery of finding out what content's in the game, particularly, you know, uh, and I feel like we have progressed to the point now where we've pretty much, you know, there are a few things we haven't seen. But we've seen all the biomes, we've been to the edge of the world and seen what's there. Mm. Um, and and so we will kind of discuss, I guess, the scope. This is a span of our experience. So if you don't want to hear about stuff, what is in the game past a certain point, then maybe listen to this when you no longer care about that because you've seen it all yourself. Mm. And apologies for everything that we've spoiled before that warning by accident, if we did. Um, yeah, apologies <laughs> to anyone for whom the existence of a bog or death, or, or death. you know, um, Heim, or indeed, yeah, any of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, I, so you know, to give a bit of context, uh, after a few uh, weeks, days, what what is time of of getting time Heim of getting um, <laughs> uh, into Valheim, I decided to to bite the bullet and set up a server. Um, you know, pay for server hosting to have a a a permanent place for myself and my my friends to occupy and kind of, you know, and to, to have a Viking life. Um, so you joined Pip like a few days in. And when you picked up Valheim, I genuinely didn't know whether it would resonate with you or not. Mm. And it really seems to have done. So I'd be interested to know, you know, what what about it was that kind of grabbed your, you know, enthusiasm early on. So I think... Hmm, this is interesting because I actually... So the reason that today's bog death happened Mm. was because I 
thought that you might ask an awkward question like that. So I logged in to try and figure out like where I currently am in terms of enjoying the game. Immediately got distracted because I would I'd actually initially tried to log into my other server that mm. I'm playing with a couple of other friends on that's a lot further behind to make some apology armor because of an incident that happened yesterday <laughs> um, that is still in the process of being litigated, I believe, where certain people logged in late and uh, made themselves some rather fetching uh, bronze armor with the bronze that uh, other players had been making through the course of the evening while I had actually been at a Christmas party. Don't ask too many questions about that being in April. Anyway, um, and then uh, there was a kind of, oh, shall we build some bronze tools? And I was uh, a little cagey about the amount of bronze that we might have left at that point in the uh, in the evening. And then there were, yeah, observations made about certain people's incredibly shiny cuirass. Uh, and so I thought that if I logged in today and made everyone a set of apology armour, I would no longer be um, in trouble. I apologize to everyone listening to this. This isn't actually a pol- actually a, a, a special podcast about Valheim. It is the trial of Philippa War. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! For her apparently assorted Val crimes. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> like you know, I mean, and also I did notice, and I didn't want it to go unremarked that oh, right no. at the beginning of that answer to a fairly <laughs> standard question, you attempted to blame me oh, yeah. for your most recent block bog death, basically <laughs> somehow pinning it. On my uh, broadcasting craft. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just, I thought that as you are wont to do, you would try and, you know, turn the conversation on me rather than you. And then I would have to answer some some questions. And, and so anyway, so I tried is, to log in. <laughs> what, what do you like about this video game wasn't the wasn't the hardball that you maybe perceived it to be. You've opened yourself up now, I think, to some just, great and more searching questions. I feel like trying to answer a question like, why are you doing that during lockdown <laughs> is, you know, a can of worms. It, it is. And it is. And, and pointedly, though, that isn't the, you know... I just was curious to know because, you know, when you attach to a game, you tend to get really, really deep into it. I go hard or I go home. Yeah, you do. And um, and who picks you up and takes you home in the longboat? It's me, Chris. Um, you had a choice. I would have rescued myself eventually. You yeah. just, you like turning up in the longboat. I do. And we can get to me. <laughs> but the, there's, you know, I mean, I mean, also you said eventually, but you told me, you told me. Oh, no. We need to go find, I've died, I've died in, in the, the swamp again. You need, you know, I said, do you need some help? You said, maybe. I in said the that ocean. Yes. In the, it, it was a bog in the ocean, but we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I get the longboat. I get out there. You, I have, you know, a new computer now with very far draw distance. So I could see there were like three graves. I was like, did you die more than once? No, there were two graves, and then I accidentally admitted to there being a third death that wasn't recorded in the little corpse markers. Yeah, and then you died again. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't know how many, I don't know how many um, 
uh, corpse markers that would have needed to have been there before you'd retrieved those things. But I will admit, I do like my new role as International Rescue Viking mm. Edition. But um, You weren't that keen on it when we were rafting across that same stretch of water again and again the other day. Yeah, the other day when you died <laughs> in a bog in the ocean again. <laughs> <laughs> different place, I didn't different bring- reasoning. I, I mean, yeah, I, there are <laughs> all roads lead to sea bog. <laughs> you know. know. Um, anyway, so I mean, we don't uh, like. I'll, I'll give you my perspective then. If if you don't want to answer the question, the thing that surprised me is <laughs> I got into Valheim, and I think you know when I when I talked about it last in the podcast, I was kind of evenly split between really kind of starting to enjoy the building side of it and, and log cabin crafting and things like that. I'm being kind of enamored of its sort of old school RPG um, exploration and survival stuff. And then as as soon as I ended up playing in a social environment and navigated all of my misgivings about co-op, who knows why I have those, um, (laughs) I... I realized that for me, it was, it's like a building game and like a fundamentally like a kind of, basically I I just really wanted to be the kind of um, caretaker thing builder who makes sure everyone else has a nice time. And I wasn't sure where, you know, where, where you were going to come, what role you are going to define for yourself. But it feels very natural now that what it was was like Viking pioneer slash kind of roving hero who just returns from some far-off place having slain a distant monster. It's the a whole... cat, isn't it? It is cat. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. It, cat, and in my case, badger, I guess. <laughs> like, I will build set. I'm going to build set. And I will defend the set if I need to. And mm. you just drag corpses back to the front door and say, look what I killed, mm-hmm. and, and introduce all these new materials and, and crafting trees and things. And I think that's, you know... But it was interesting, because, you know, you, you like other games which are very much about, you know... Um, building up a settlement or kind of, you know, laying down the, your own base or something like that or mm. gardening or farming or, or things. You did some of that. Yeah. But predominantly you have been, uh, you take taken to Valheim as a kind of ro- like roving exploration game, right? I think I like being the one that goes out and does the thing because usually mm. in games, I think, and this is just sort of a broader thing, I've been... I've found myself in far more supporting roles or like tending roles or, you know, like upkeep or filling in a space that other people haven't been wanting to, to fulfill. And in this one, it felt like there was a space open for slightly chaotic, um, voyager. Mm. (laughs) And, I liked that because, you know, because you play quite a lot of games where there's, you know, combat and there's, you know, forward planning and, you know, all of that stuff, you know, like Dark Souls. Mm. And I don't like Dark Souls because it's like, what did you learn from that previous encounter? And my answer is usually nothing, Mm. you know? And so, but Valheim is not asking me to learn much. (laughs) It's asking me to get better gear. And I'm like, mm. can do. <laughs> it's, it's like, can you walk far enough that you have better gear? It's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes, no. And my gear is in the sea now. Yeah. and But mostly, mostly, Chris, I can punch dragons to death. And like, you know, mm. 
trolls and things. <laughs> so I'm pretty dangerous, but I haven't had to do anything like, for example, using a shield. I still have not done that one time in the game. <laughs> I've held a shield and I put it down again. <laughs> I was like, this is for you, Chris. <laughs> I like the blocking mechanic. <laughs> Mine is still on zero. It has never been higher than zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been it's been really fun because you know as we kind of i think we've we've hit the point now where i think we've you know we've we undertook our one big voyage to the edge of the world and i think realized in the course of doing that that we started to hit fun. hit places like the mistlands which are is an unfinished biome that sort mm. of exists around the edge of the world it still managed to creep us out because we weren't Did. sure if it was unfinished and so we were worried that Something would descend from the web-ridden trees, yeah, riddled rather, and and we would get munched. But we did not. No, um, we were and... safe. Heim. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I've yours were all better, and now mine is just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to make Heim happen. I know. Um. Uh. So I think you know. I think we kind of started to that now it's very much in a kind of make your own fun category although that said we haven't gotten through all the bosses i'm not really sure i've structured this in terms of our experiences of it because it has been so much of of like exploration and then consolidation i think is the kind of thing of like you go out like a kind of a cat or an, like a kind of viking icbm and just sort of detonate in a region and <laughs> and and discover all of the things and new materials and monsters and bits and bobs in a place and come back with those that literal stuff and those stories and maybe set up a portal or something. Mm. And then I uh, arrive or, or our friend Paul, who's been playing with us as well, arrives and makes some attempts to kind of um, consolidate those gains. Me more so, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Paul's off building fancy architecture. Yeah, he, yes, exactly. Whereas, I mean, I, you know, I, I spent a long time on a very fancy piece of architecture and really, really enjoyed that process. But that was also very much an attempt that like, I'm going to put something practical together. Mm. For me, it's like, I feel it like... It wasn't whimsical in any way. No. Everything uh, was, your your sea fort is a sea fort for doing sea fort things. Yeah. I didn't realise I was doing this at the time. I, I basically, I realised that our town is, is inland and we needed a better place to keep our boat and there were going to be more demands on the longship as Pip goes further and further <laughs> afield. And so I decided to build a sea fort and it took me a weekend, a real weekend of, of time in terms and you know, thousands of stone to build a, a stone structure in Valheim, which it, it fights you a little bit. I think its comfort zone is very much villages of stone huts, maybe protected by, uh, of, of, sorry, of wooden huts, maybe protected by a wall. Um, and I, I tried to do something a little bit more kind of, I guess more Norman than Viking. I was going to say, you've gone a bit medieval castle, right? Yeah, I, I would push it towards, yeah, like a kind of um, like a Norman fort of some kind, mm. like earthworks and stuff on the outside. I really enjoyed that process. It took a long time and it was very rewarding. And I think this, you know, there was some kind of like complicated structural engineering to build a, a wooden superstructure inside that and then had this big vaulted ceiling and things like that. But I built the whole thing. And then I realized that it was some sort of advanced form of shed craft. Like I'd basically created a fancy garage slash kind of, you know, crafting station storage area mm. for the boat so that I could get in the boat quickly um, and get out to sea, which, you know, the, is, 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 is for me partly the fantasy of becoming Viking International Rescue and also partly just the tremendous dad energy of all of that, right? Mm. Like, well, we're going to need this. We're going to need this. We're going to need a place where we can park and repair the boat. 
we're going to need an easy access to that northern ocean. But it's near a river that I can sail down to get to the southern ocean quickly. Very practical. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Whereas I, I just leave a trail of workbenches across the world. Yeah, and I, I find myself trailing, like putting tasteful <laughs> surrounds around the portals and, and various workbenches that are kind of strewn across the world at this point. We've got so many portals in our main town that are just marked rescue, emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're all things that I put one portal down knowing that I would probably need to be rescued at some point or would rescue myself. Mm. And then I take enough materials to build the other half of the portal elsewhere. But often after I've just overstretched myself is when I've removed the second part of the portal because I want to rebuild it on the other side of a bog. Mm. And then... Time makes fools of us all. The, the, the thing that's wild to me about this <laughs> is that what you don't do is take enough stuff. Go When you've got the second portal, go back through that one, get enough stuff for a third portal, mm. build that. And only, only when that is built, destroy the second portal. Yeah, no, that's not how this works, is it, Chris? Cause, that's cause, how you know, I do. The safest form of travel in, Vi- in, in Viking times is is portal leapfrogging, mm-hmm. really. You know, uh, through, a, through a kind of complicated network of, of, of portals back home. But why have that when you have um, <laughs> <laughs> Viking dad, longboat rescue, who will kind of wearily round a corner in a longboat and paddle up and yeah, get your stuff and put it in the hold. Yeah, 2am after the club and you've missed the yeah. all the possible other routes home and you phone home and you're like, uh, hi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate it's late. And then, you know, a parent turns up in pyjamas glowering but also kind of secretly pleased that you you did the thing and sensibly phoned home Mm. (laughs) i don't know yeah i don't want you to keep drowning in the bog Mm. you know over and over again without without the (laughs) the longboat rescue (laughs) but you do make me go through the specifics of how it happened Yeah. yeah it's important to me to know how did you die here Mm. Yeah, because there are quite a lot of... How how did this particular thing happen? Because, yeah. Yeah, well, I think... I mean, I think the reason... Cause, so one of the, 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 the ocean bog that we're referring to is a very particular thing that can happen where sometimes if, if like, a very small... If, if, like, a small island of the swamp biome sm- swamp, uh, spawns, the fact that the swamp biome is, like, under the sea level can create this weird scenario where... There is a swamp there, but it's actually under the ocean. Yeah. And the trees of the swamp still jut out of the ocean. And so it's a little weird. Like, it's a little weird looking. Um, I don't know if they'll remove it as a bug that can happen or try and, like, find a way of of preventing happening exactly like this. But this Mm -hmm. seems to create this mirage effect where you look across the sea and you can see trees. And because Valhamson has some pop-in issues, you assume, well, maybe the land hasn't popped in yet. Yeah, and when they when it's marked on the map, it shows you the biome, and so because it doesn't, it looks like an island in the water. I was swimming towards it, thinking mm. land, you know, mm. as you would, and then I was finding out that actually the only bit of it w- that was slightly above the water was about an inch around this tree that was poking up, and about you know, 8,000 Draugr had decided that that was where they were going to hang out as well. So I couldn't stop long enough to re um, refill my stamina bar and not 
die horribly at sea. And then there was a giant that turned mm. up anyway. And, and, but so. this, is, this, is, this phenomenon has killed Pip about seven times. So if you ever want to know how to trap Pip, <laughs> just pretend... Pretend as an island because you had you have you do have a choice. You could have built a raft to check it out, or you could have built one of the smaller boats, like a carve. But you or you could just swim there and find out. I think for me, the idea of those things is just like, yeah, but that'll take an extra like three minutes, and who's got the time? Exactly. <laughs> but then I made you drop me off on the other other side of the river rather than taking me home. Yeah, um, and but you did insist on building a safety portal before. That's what it is. It's, it's like I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure the. I'm going to sure you got bus fare. I'll drop you off, <laughs> and then I'm going to take. And then and I mean, I found myself today saying I should go now while the wind's good because it'll take some time <laughs> off the time it takes for me to get the long ship home. Oh my god! And that is like, oh god, it's overwhelming. That's bad peak. That no, point. that's peak. Your mum, like, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I want to miss the five o'clock traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This wind might change. I should go. Whoosh, and off I go back into the ocean. <laughs> Um, Thanks for that. I did, yeah, no, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you know, I, I finally I was like, well, you know, and you were like, should we, you know, should I put the kettle on before we do the podcast? Like, well, it's still going to take me at least 10 minutes to get the boat home, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I'm finished. I can just get a portal home. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Because, yeah, you're right. We have been through several phases with the game, though. So mm. the structuring of this was really weird to consider so I think that's why we settled on just let's have a chat kind of thing because yeah. at first I was feeling it out and I think a big part of the appeal is that it's very easy to set yourself a series of little tasks that will take up an hour or take up an evening or whatever yeah. and just keep doing that again and again sometimes with like an overarching goal in mind but often just as a kind of you know like I now have the idea of the apology armor that I kind mm. of feel like I need to make good on. And then there's also, we're kind of trolling one of our friends on the other server. Um, you should say who it is. because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to, because he. I don't know when he'll realize. If okay, he's and he might listen to this because he's yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. So anyway, that's a thing to potentially look forward to. Mm. Um and then it's quite literally trolling as well thinking mm, about it anyway you've said too much <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that uh, where was I what was it's I cha- our changing modes of play oh with yeah this game so I've had that experience of just getting to grips with things and you showing me around what you and Paul had already done and then I was finding my feet and I found that um, you and Paul were playing quite like locally if you see what I mean because you both were a lot more invested in building a homestead right Mm -hmm. and so you know when we were when we were all on voice comms and you were like where are you I was like oh I'm in the black forest biome and you're like what yeah, you, <laughs> you don't have enough things to protect yourself no, no, there. We should contextualize that. You were in the Black Forest biome before having done basically anything in the game. Like oh, you, yeah. you got dropped off by that crow at the start and just shot into the woods <laughs> like a like a rescued like a rescued fox being released by the side of a road. Like just gone. <laughs> yeah. Um so I kind of I enjoyed that I was able to do that or survive in that and I had a like and once you and once it was clear that I kind of shouldn't have been there I had that thrill of 
the of trying to survive slightly beyond what the game kind of thought I had, mm. which is also how we end up with Bog Swamp Death. Mm. Um, but I I don't know. There's something about that I was really enjoying. Like the game has just enough friction within that and just enough danger that I enjoy tussling with it about where it thinks my limit should be currently yeah um and so i've been in that cycle at the moment i'm not sure what's going to happen when we defeat you know the the final boss that's there at the moment you know whether that just will fundamentally alter the relationship or whether these other tasks you know that are a lot more to do with the social dynamics will take over but um I think my driving force at the moment is trying to find the um, the runes and things that have the information on that will tell us where to find the next boss in mm. in our progression in terms of that that more linear story type stuff. Um, but that's a thing where it's taking a lot longer than the than the previous ones so the cycle already feels a little bit off and i think that's why i'm i'm pushing so hard and have been having more of those weird in the middle of the ocean deaths it's because i'm trying to find more forest biome yeah. that i can then try and you know traverse to find these informational you know um points to then make that progress and keep that rhythm going um and i know that other people have had problems with that i think i think there's a slight chance that mm. the right stuff may not even have spawned in our world seed and mm. that's something that does concern me i'm not really sure how to approach that so at the moment i'm content to just keep you know, prodding, and I don't want to Google too much to to look too deeply into this to find out if it's true, if it's been fixed, well, not if yeah. it's true, but if it's been fixed, because you know, then I might find other stuff out. Or yeah. So I think at the moment, what's happened is I'm in this really weird position with how I'm playing, where I'm trying to find all of this stuff out for that biome, but because the gap the the amount of time it's taking has been significantly longer than the other stuff i'm also amassing resources at that level so i can now kind of survive in the plains which is the fifth biome along because we're stuck on the on the mountain biome which is the snowy one yeah um and so now i'm kind of like straddling two biomes so the plains doesn't feel like this next big thing to encounter it's something that i can already to some degree survive Mm. and so like i'm having a really weird relationship with the mountains where they're no longer really worrying or you know like i'm not i'm not really certain what my relationship with that is yeah well your play style is interesting because i think it's both um, it's it's vulnerable to having things spoiled because it's so much about discovery and racing off to the corners of the world. Mm. And also it has that timer on it of, particularly with an early access game, you know, we've already hit this to some extent, you are going to have seen everything before too long. Mm. You know, you will. I think we are actually, to some extent, at the end of the gear tree in terms of the kinds of things we, we can make for ourselves now. Or getting some and some. some. But, like, there's always going to be a question of quantity or quality of stuff. But, like, 
you know, I, I, the kind of the stuff that's swinging around weapons wise now is is a far cry from where it was, you know, near the start of the game. Yeah, and um, that difference is so stark when I go to the other server because I have I have completely separated the characters that I use on each of them. Like I yeah. don't I don't carry over the OP armor into the Bronze Age, you know. Right, so. you don't show up on that server like Thor. Like just, no, you know. no, I just steal their resources and swan around. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes, like Thor. I built an apology <laughs> cooking hall. <laughs> Where is my apology hall? You don't. You would rearrange it. You would, would hate how I laid it out, yeah. and then you would. No, you're right. Yeah. Then I would want a, the separate apology hall. No. Um. <laughs> exactly. There's nothing I can do beyond occasionally turning up and saying hello. I made a a, a sword for you. Yeah, you that's know? been. That's always appreciated. I got an abyssal harpoon for you. You did. This is the thing. This, you know, your your, your adventurousness <laughs> has has definitely been a necessary counterpoint to my. Slow, very slow, just so turtle powers. <laughs> well, when we were speaking of turtles, I guess, we were off on our voyage to see what was at the end edge of the world. And we found that um, that island, or looked like an island. Mm. And you were like, I wonder what that is. And before you'd really finished your sentence, I was in the sea, swimming at it, and then like got my pickaxe out yeah. to, to see what happened if I hit it. A few and then times. it went, Ugh. yeah. There was a certain amount of death involved yeah. then, actually. Mm. And, yeah, and I <laughs> went back and took, got your stuff, and yeah. took it back, and then yeah, we, yep, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, but it's my willingness to run along and hit things that really gets gets us you do, going. You, you know, you, I think you know. I think you know. You you move the window of of what's it, what can be achieved. Mm. You know, you push the boundaries. You know, a disruptive presence like a startup. Drag that um, sea monster into the forest. You did. <laughs> I didn't like that. No, it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't keen. But it was so that you could have your sea monster head in the in the. Um, yeah, it's, it's, like I say, it, it works. It's, it's <laughs> it, you know, I suppose like that's been part of this journey for me. Is like I had a realization. I think we have talked about this in the main CNC. I really don't like co-op most of the time. Mm. Vast majority of the time, I really don't like it. Like I'm, I'm not one of those people for whom it applies that all games are better if you play them with someone else. Mm. Um, I, I don't think this is a quality of mine. I think it, it speaks to why I play games or what I get out of them. Mm. And maybe some just a fundamental underlying, um, you know, hermitude that... Um, I, okay, I thought maybe you were going to say, and the quality of the company is terrible. <laughs> no, it's not that. Because I think there's just some part of me that, like... Because um, I'm delightful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> those Draugr agree. Um <laughs> The, um, because I think for me, like the big appeal of like a, a, a sort of a game like this with a really nice sort of evocative world and a kind of strong atmosphere and all of these sorts of things to discover is like, it's partly emotion. Like, I think, you know, I, I am very capable of giving a game the benefit of the doubt or like, you know, uh, yes, ending the game in my own brain to such an extent that I live there now. Right, mm. and I really sink into places and settings, and it's very, very difficult for me to not be shaken out of that by the presence of other people. And actually, for me, co-oping on a server for this game or for any other kind of like sandbox game um, is an exercise in learning to let go of the things that I <laughs> lose when there are other people present. Honestly, mm. like I want to play with my friends and I want to play with people I enjoy playing the games with, mm. but there's all this whole bag of things that I enjoy 
that I I lose when there are other people present because and this is like I think this probably goes back to being a child not to turn this into therapy momentarily but like I will build my logo in my way and there's always going to be some part of me that bristles at another child going like but what if we made this instead and it's like well you can do that with your Lego you do that with your Lego (laughs) I will do this with mine and um but I see I've really enjoyed this experience partly because of the way that our divergent playstyles intersect. And also because I think it has encouraged me to find a new set of values on the other side of that, right? Like if I want that experience of things being just so, I can both I can find a, a somewhat version of that by just taking myself away to a different part of the world and doing my own thing there. Like the C4, which was hundred percent I'm gonna go do a Chris thing. Yeah. And everyone will have a look Don't at it. Don't come near done. my person marker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but also knowing that I could go do that on my own game if I wanted to, and I haven't really. I had to rescue you from your own sea fort, though. I did get stuck behind a wall without yeah. my hammer and need you to come knock a wall down so I could kind of burst. <laughs> you were so like, are you not going to replace the wall bit then when I let you out? I was like, well, I, no, it cl- clearly trapped you once. Why would I reinstall this death trap? Because but- it's aesthetic. <laughs> Um, the, and, and, but, but to, you know, and that journey was kind of interesting because I think I have found now that actually for Valheim particularly, I've really enjoyed being part of like, I don't, I don't need to be the person that sees the new biomes or the new creatures for the first time. I kind of like hearing about it from you and I like having my own little thing to do. And I think the fact that it so, so much supports divergent play styles kind of loosely finding ways to live alongside each other has kind of let that co let me into that kind of co-op thing in a way that other games don't really mm. that I still find difficult to handle there have been you know the moment there was definitely and, and for me it's also been an exercise in learning somewhat to just let go and <laughs> let things happen because I remember like, I'm waiting for the sting in the turn we found this <laughs> when we started playing Paul and I we found this really lovely area at the, it was like a clear plain not the plains but like a cleared out grassland in in the in the, in the forests um, we've had the black forest nearby, but a random oak tree had, had grown in the middle of an almost circular clearing. And it was really lovely. I was like, okay, well, this is preordained. This is where we're going to build our town. That not, oak tree is never getting cut down. That is the center point of this little village. We're going to, we'll put a, a, a ring fence around and then build a little village within this. And I had so many, like, my, my little, well, these are my Lego brain kicks in and it's like, well, we shouldn't log we shouldn't get our, do our logging around here because this, the forest is, it's it's a good vibe, right? It's nice to have the forest right at the edge of the town. So I will make a path that winds out of the town to a logging area. I will build a very boutique little logging camp section with a workbench and some chests for stick keeping things in. And we can log in a radius around there. We could also replant things. Only I did this. <laughs> But also... I never follow that path either. It's like, it's slightly windy, so I just go straight across yeah. the... Yeah. It is windy because it's aesthetic. Scenic. Yeah, it's scenic and it's... it's yeah, anyway. And um, and then in the town itself, yeah, there's this amazing thing where I was like, you know what, I've got this idea for a mead hall. I will put down a mead hall. And um, because I think it's, it's quite hard to collaborate on, on building in, in Valheim because not, not, not like literally, it's not like it doesn't work. It's because... You kind of have to have a picture in your head of how you're going to intersect beams and build things and put things together. So I said to Paul, this is before you joined the server, you know, I, I, I have this idea for what would be like maybe the center hall for the town. I'm going to make a mead hall with a, with a venting chimney and a big long fire pit that we can roast things in. And that can be our centerpiece 
um, why don't you, you know, it, why don't why don't your building challenge be go out and build housing, like go out and put some huts down so that you know us and then and then later you know others can can join the village. And in my head, um, what what happened was I would build this long, impressive, uh, you know, traditional Viking longhouse, and Paul would go away and build a series of cute little you know huts and kind of interesting little. You know, you know, he's an artist, you know, interesting little um, buildings around the village and that we would have, you know, a settlement at that point. And when I emerged from my, I thought, pretty impressive uh, hall, um, which was maybe, you know, 20 foot high and 40 foot long. Um, Paul had built like a three-story Viking block of flats next to it. <laughs> it was more of a chateau, wasn't it's, it? <laughs> yeah, this incredible <laughs> portico, this incredible like sixty-foot-high like Viking mega mansion. Mm. And I realized at that moment that I was like, "That's really cool," and my dream is dead. <laughs> You're so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is it. Like, and it was this thing of like, I have to let someone play with my Lego. And 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 then I realised that no, this is just the quality of the place that we occupy now. This it's is our just the, Lego. This is it is our Lego. <laughs> this is the place that um, you know, like I imagine what everything I'm saying has a big only child energy, and I'm not. I just have a sister who's extremely like me, and so <laughs> and so I don't usually have this sort of like. Style, clash of styles thing. <laughs> you were both in your child work cubicles making Lego separately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and so, like, um, oh, and so Chris. there's, it was, it was, it was a moment of personal growth to realize, like, oh no, we have, like, you know, people can have uh, inter- intersecting styles of play. And it was really nice to see that come out through this game, particularly because mm. the three of us on this server are so different, I think, in our approaches. Well, you were very much, I'm going to build Viking buildings that are very close to what I understand Viking buildings to have actually been. This is not going to be a hulking, great, monstrous, you know, labyrinthine Winchester mystery house mm-hmm. um, of, of a mead hall. And Paul is very much like, I am going to build this thing that is impressive and weird and cool and um, I'll figure out what it's for later. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very much motivated by spite. <laughs> so mm. I saw that you and Paul had beds close together and that my bed seemed to be quite the afterthought. So I spent a lot of that part of the early game just amassing trophies and animal skins and different ways of decorating only my area of the house (laughs) i think at this point you two are both still in your straw single beds and i have um a sea monster's head above a double bed that is like absolutely littered with animal throws and covered like i've got like a modesty screen made of um different colored pennants (laughs) yeah you've always you also skipped a step here whereas the moment you perceived your bed in the, the, the four-story Viking block of flats to be an afterthought, you moved outside oh, yeah. to a hut you made yourself out of two 
two corner roof sections to create a kind of like half tent with a door that didn't open properly and a bed on the floor. And Mm. there was so little space inside it in your kind of spike. It was a one by two meter. Yeah. Spiked yurt. Um, (laughs) When the game couldn't handle you waking up inside it and it would extrude you like a lozenge Mm. out of the back of the wall. Yeah, because as you wake up, you stand in Mm. your bed, but the ceiling was too low so it would just sort of try and put me somewhere and so what happens is if I sleep in that bed I emerge by doing essentially a roly-poly out of the back of the roof (laughs) yeah Uh, and I'm deposited outside there's also not enough room for a fire so if I sleep with the door open it doesn't push me out of the back it lets me leave through the front door but then I catch fire because I position the fire slightly (laughs) in the wrong place (laughs) so but I I committed to sleeping in that for a good week before I went back in the house because I had a new spiteful plan. <laughs> Meanwhile, I move out to a sea fort that I made meticulously build by myself because I'm surrounded by chaos people at all times <laughs> who will extrude themselves out of the tent they built out of spite, catch fire, and just roll into the pig pen. Yeah. I, but, like, I'm also the reason we have a pig pen. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm also the reason that we now no longer have yeah. pigs in the pig pen. <laughs> There was a dragon-based incident, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and I'm the reason that we have a dog. Yes, you are. We did. We did. Like, that, that was a good example of co-op, I think. Mm. You figured out how it was going to work. We built the place. We tamed the dog. We were oh. very angry. Um, oh, he was so angry for so long. And then it was me that walked the dog about eight miles all the way to get into the the stone castle I built the dog oh, so yeah. that he could never be endangered by anything ever again. Yeah, yeah. You're Some now, call it a prison. but You are now so afraid. Like, I'm afraid to do anything but feed it because I don't want to be the one that's responsible for having to tell you that the dog is gone. I have, um, I have a, we, we take a backup of the server every night at 4am and I have told you and Paul, and I stick mm. to this, if anything happens to the dog, I'm rewinding time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's why I feed the dog before I feed myself, which is how I get into these scrapes. Again, it's my fault for caring. It's your fault for caring more about the dog than about your fellow Pip. You are responsible for eating enough to survive the sea bog. I've absolutely proven I'm not. <laughs> well, you are responsible. <laughs> Should you be? Another question. Yes, well... And the dog is fine, I think. Yes. Good. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's all right then. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm. <laughs> but yeah so that's that's where that's at i think i don't think there were oh there was also the point um in our evolution with the game where i was getting quite a lot further than you and paul so mm. i built uh, that was cool actually because under under the house i hollowed out a whole section because there was a bit because how paul builds houses there was a whole under cupboard storage under the stairs area that no one was using for anything so i actually hollowed out the ground underneath it and built a little um stairway down to a basement where we have now a uh, kind of hell portal to my summer cabin <laughs> where I store all of my advanced materials <laughs> and a head collection. <laughs> 
And so, yeah, that was a thing that you didn't find for quite a while. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was like going downstairs, yeah, going downstairs and finding the portal to Pip's secret home. Mm. Was a, that was a special moment. Yeah. But it's like, but it was because I didn't want you to find out extra things because I think this was when you weren't quite sure how you felt about spoilers about, mm. or about like how much yeah. I was sort of bringing each time you logged in because you were playing a very different cadence mm-hmm. like I was spending quite a lot of time and so you would turn up and I'd be like hello I found this 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 and this pick it all up so you've got this influx of recipes that you have no idea what to do with or mm. where they live yeah that was quite overwhelming at first yeah, and so I started just keeping all of that stuff separately so that you could encounter it, like, as and when, or, like, at a more measured pace. So, yeah, there was just kind of, like, this weird chalet treasure box of obsidian and silver and, you know, um, tools and and things. Um, yeah, that mm. was... I think the most co-op-y we've been is on our ocean voyages. And the boss fights. Was the other thing I was going to say. That's true. I have enjoyed the boss fights. I think I think it has a really good line and spectacle when it comes to throwing something kind of surprising and new mm. at you and asking you to deal with it. I think um, it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that level of surprise up. I mm. think, but it is a really good journey to go on when you start encountering those, and then coming together as a server to kind of take on those monsters. Particularly the, the most recent one we did, the Bone Mass, kind of does seem to mm. encourage you to use all the different skills. You know, yeah. that you develop doing different things. Yeah, no, that was that was good actually, including um, my project management and dad powers. <laughs> I don't think you can do this. I think we need to go home and get better arrows. Well, no, because I was saying about the arrows, you wanted to build like an actual arena to have the fight in in a sensible fashion. Yeah, and I was just trailing monsters around the swamp mm-hmm. <laughs> like a conga line, and you were like, "This is not sustainable." <laughs> and we were both right. We were both right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I think um, that's, I, I don't know, I, I'm glad that other games are on my horizon for like the next leg of Valheim's early access, I think, because, um, so the uh, Subnautica Below Zero, mm. I believe that leaves early access on the 14th of May, mm. and so that will Given previous precedent with with um, Subnautica one, mm. um, I fully expect to lose a significant chunk of time to exploring that and and mining that out and making weird bases or you know whatever mm. that game facilitates. Um, and so I think it will be nice to take a break while updates for for valheim maybe pile up a little bit because yeah it's uh, yeah you're right we are definitely at the point of the game where we are feeling the limits of it we're not running up against them exactly because we still Mm. have these two biomes that we haven't um fully dealt with but we are we are able to see the parts of it that are clear yeah you know um construction in progress kind of signs. I feel like I've done all of 
the loops that are currently present, if that makes sense. I don't think there's much... Maybe there is. Maybe there'll be, there'll be some more surprises, but... I think that given what I have found in the planes, that's something that to me indicates that there's a chunk of stuff that I still want to see. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess when I talk about loops, what I mean is sort of like what my gameplay experience is likely to be. Mm. Like what, what am I likely to kind of like feel, like be surprised is present. Because I remember being... An, an example I would give you is I remember being surprised to discover really dungeon-feeling dungeons for the first yeah. time in a game that didn't otherwise, you know, gesture at having them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then these boss fights, and then I feel like I've hit all of its main verbs now. Right. And its okay. main verbs now are get Discord message from Pip, log in, <laughs> get boat, go to where Pip is, mm-hmm. pick up Pip, ask Pip where body is, <laughs> sail to bog. Where catch, did you leave your keys? Yeah, catch favourable wind, sail home. Um, and so, but that I quite enjoyed, like, Similarly, I think with a game like this in early access, there's that it feels like at some point we need to be ready for there to be potentially be a reset or, you know, yeah. for, for, in, for an update to invalidate our progress so far. And so I'm not in a hurry to build like a bigger, more spectacular fort than the one I've already built because I might want to do that one day, but mm. it might be worth waiting until I do that as part of a new content set or a new seed or something like that. Mm. I feel like, and that's the thing is I feel like my play style as the kind of builder slash, you know, support person is more vulnerable to over-investing in something that I lose in some ways than yours is. Because even if you would, you know, had, even if we had to start again tomorrow, you know, you would, you would have to fight through a bit of stuff you're very familiar with to find something new, but your play style will still allow you to fling yourself into dangerous situations and kind of have fun doing that mm. and, and rock it along the path and use all the knowledge you've got. Um, whereas mine will necessitate like a whole bunch of resource gathering before I can get back to the point where I am. And so that's an interesting tension, I think. I was going to ask, actually, maybe to start wrapping this up as well. Like, what sort of things do you want to see them add or change or do? Because often you hurt something with Valheim, I find, where, like, something will feel a little bit rough or unfinished. And then it's almost, it's, it's been pleasant. I think we've hit a really good balance of when you hit those moments, it's pleasant that it's an early access. Because it's a really good game. Yeah. With this understanding that it's not finished, as opposed to being an obviously unfinished game with the understanding that one day maybe it'll be good. Mm. Yeah, I think think that's something that I have deliberately not really thought about because Mm. I think such a large part of the game is about being delighted by finding these surprises. I think I've been doing that thing where... You know when we're watching TV sometimes and you're like, I'm going to make a prediction about what happens. Mm. And I watch while deliberately suspending that part of my brain. So even if it was signposted Mm. from the get-go, I can still feel legitimately surprised even if it's only a tiny bit or like, you know, there's there's something there that I have the ability to switch off a little bit more than I think other people do when they play uh, in some play styles. So, yeah, I think I think something I'd like to see um, explored a bit more is is to do with the food side of things. Just because mm. um, uh, the raspberries and the blueberries, I'd like to be able to do a bit more with that. You know, like to make a pie or you right. know that kind of thing. And that might be possible later because. Um, mm. I've found some barley and things, you know, maybe that's something that I would be able to do with if, if I can get some different materials to make cooking implements or something. I have no idea if that's in the game and I'm deliberately not looking, but right. 
it's um I, I think that side of things, because I like how the game handles food and stamina and health and the interrelationship of those things. Like, so just in case people are listening and don't know, um, you can eat up to three different types of food. You can only eat one of each different type. You can't duplicate food. Otherwise it says, you've had enough sausages. And it's like, well... I will be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't eat any more sausages. It's like, well, I, mm, I beg to differ. Um, but, so... As you progress, you obviously get, or not obviously, but you get access to more complicated recipes or things that require cultivation or more advanced ingredients. And those tend to be, um, they, they give you a bigger boost to your health bar. So essentially you have basically 25, I think, health. Um, and then these snacks can boost that by a certain amount and then it starts ticking down over time and then you can refill it when you get hungry again um and that is then tied to your stamina somehow i forget quite how mm. um because your stamina is also affected by things like rest it also depends on the and food your skill itself. and yeah but like there are interrelationships there that are, are cool and i like how it does those things like mm. I feel quite um I like even though I'm doing a poor job of explaining it right now it's it's something that is surprisingly intuitive and to me doesn't feel like that usual um survival game grind of you are hungry you are thirsty you know please refill these bars for no good reason mm -hmm. it's it's literally well if you have more health you can survive this thing for long and then if you run out of stamina it won't be as disastrous when you're swimming across a river you know because yeah. you then so you run out of stamina you start chewing through your health and so if you have eaten serpent stew and if you have eaten some sausages and if you have eaten some carrot soup or something you know like that combo you'll die will, even deeper into the bog <laughs> that combo will let you perhaps make it to the far shore instead of you know some really tiny energy increments or health increments rather that would come from you know just a simple foraged mushroom yeah like if you had a mushroom if you had one cooked tail of a reptile and a blueberry you know yeah it's just not a meal um <laughs> so yeah that's what i would like how about you um there's two things i really want i really want to be able to treat wood so that it becomes resilient to the rain because I think they obviously have this thing of, and, and this is where you hit the limits. Like they really want you to put everything under a roof block mm. and anything under a roof block is immune to rain damage basically. But I think that's quite limiting in terms of how creative you can be. And also in terms of the kinds of architecture you can represent, it's fine if it's just long houses and huts all day, mm. but you don't want to have to cover everything in a thatched roof. And so, um, you know, you have to either then use stone for everything, which you know, is maybe the vibe you're going for. So, you know, if you have like exposed wooden planking or flooring outside, it just degrades and it degrades really fast. So mm. I wouldn't be able to use resin to like seal it or something like that. Or wax maybe from the, the beehives or, you know. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, like have some way of making treated, treatable wood. That would be thing one. Thing two is um, I really like the sailing model in Valheim. Um, it feels like it's not realistic, but there are things about it that feel very kind of um, familiar to steering rowboats around. Um, 
but the it's interesting coming to Valheim from Sea of Thieves, which is also a game that we played a bunch of. Sea of Thieves is quite forgiving with the wind. Mm. Like going into the wind in Sea of Thieves, it just sort of fakes it for you a little bit. Like in terms of like, ah, you'll be fine. Mm. You're going directly into the wind. It's fine. It's fine. You get you. It, it's it, they have taken. They take the approach of like they reward you for for going with the wind if you, that's what you want. But they don't punish you too much for going against the wind if you're determined to go somewhere. That's completely appropriate to that game because. Mm. You know, it's going to tell you, find this island, you know, you're already doing a bunch of work to figure out where you should go a lot of the time. Mm. They should, they don't want to also punish you for the fact that it might be in a direction that for reasons you can't control is going to be a pain in the ass to sail in. Valheim uh, doesn't do that. The wind's really important to sailing and it can be quite um, precocious and going into the wind kind of sucks because it puts you down to just paddling on the slowest speed setting until yeah. you can turn to the wind. So it's even really possible to tack. Um, and so I would really like them to add craftable oars that let people sit in the boats and row, particularly mm. when the wind is low. Yeah. That would be cool. I would really like that because I think, um, you know, I mean, and, and this is stuff that like, those restrictions, I believe, on the main pod, people talked about Ocean Voyages and Valheim and how they feel. And they do feel great. And one of the reasons they feel great is that they can be an ordeal sometimes. And they can mm. be long and, and grueling. And you've got to listen to that one horn on the soundtrack <laughs> that plays when you're at sea. That sort of mournfully wails all of the fucking time. Like, it's you, your friends, and a single, lonely horn person just yeah, tooting the ocean away track is slightly intrusive in a way that the land-based stuff really no it isn't. isn't yeah and i think it's it's, it's interesting because i don't think they anticipated getting into the position that that, that one solo is in over just recurring <laughs> and you can switch it off obviously but um but yeah like i think i think there is it feels like one of those things and it's ever the tension with sandbox games and it's really hard to navigate of making sure that you give players meaningful ways to reduce the inconvenience that they encounter. Mm. The meaningful inconvenience they encounter is they try to get to grips with the systems and survival generally. Give them ways to reduce that inconvenience without um, taking away some of the fun of hitting challenges. And so I would love to see them address that with sailing a little bit to make it more, you know, to mm. give you options for when you really need to go somewhere to rescue Pip from a bog, but the wind is against you. Um, <laughs> I think... Yeah, I think as a slight add-on to that, what I would like for the sailing is for it to just be slightly more um, clear or, uh, you know, um, not exactly intuitive. I'm okay with it being something I have to learn. But there are things like if you're sailing along and it's like you've just hit something and I can't reliably tell whether that's like a piece of ground that hasn't popped in yet or mm. whether it's just wear and tear of being in the ocean or whether it means you came down off a particularly big wave yeah like it's it i find it quite hard to work out what worrying noises at sea mean and also there are things like um sometimes when i'm pressing the buttons to raise or lower the sail or whatever i can't work out exactly why sometimes the entire sail will turn you know why the yeah. entire mast suddenly does a 180 and i'm like hang on do i need to how do i get that back and then pressing the opposite button doesn't seem to reliably do that so so mm. i think there's things like that where just i'm okay with learning it but the the info doesn't feel like a thing that i can 
get from the game that feels like a thing where i'm gonna need to read what someone has said and they're like oh this happens because this and then that happens or you need to have done it in this order or yeah i think i think i'm fairly comfortable with that stuff with the boats now it's just the the kind of environmental inconvenience Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's just going to be exciting to see where it goes because I think it's, it's definitely one of the. Well, if it's this good this far, yeah, know, like this it's, it's, at this point, I, I I admire it a lot what they managed to achieve, like with a relatively narrow scope, mm-hmm. and like how it successfully evokes the fantasy that it evokes. Mm. Yeah, good good for you, Valheim. <laughs> We've had a good timeheim. Timeheim. Yeah, in Valheim. Speaking of timeheim, mm-hmm. I think that might be all of the Valheim takeheim. Time Heim, we have Heim. I think I'm done, Heim. <laughs> I don't have anything else to contribute, Heim. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if uh, if some listening devices on this is going to play havoc with my Spotify algorithm more than anything else, I suspect. Um, <laughs> yeah, great. Well, thank you for listening, Heim, to this uh, one-off little Valheim special pod. Listeners will not uh, know this, but he did roll his eyes at the most recent Heim. <laughs> like, this is, you've adopted this. Well, I'm, sometimes you just got to, you know, yes, Heim, I guess. <laughs> yes, and Heim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that we have, I, maybe we will do another one at some point when um, we have got a bunch more to report on or if they make any it's, I mean yeah I wouldn't be like I'm not changes not in a, in, a, in a hurry to promise that this would be a series necessarily but I suspect it's a game that we will return to and then naturally kind of want to yeah, oh talk God, about no, the, continues, the continued bog deaths of Philippa War oh no <laughs> I need to accumulate some more crimes before we uh, <laughs> before court reconvenes yeah I don't <laughs> think that's how court works but let's not litigate that now <laughs> Interesting. Well, anyway, <laughs> shall we? Uh, shall we go and? Shall we say get goodbye? Corpse back. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, oh, everybody. Yeah, that's what we say. <laughs> Heim. Bye. Bye.